doing well. Here we are with part two in getting into basic Christianity, and we are talking about man's needs. So last week we talked about the person of Christ and how we have to get that right. And if if we don't get that right, then everything else crumbles. If there is, if we don't understand who the if we don't understand the person of Christ, then it then we cannot understand our our need for the gospel. If we don't understand the person of Christ, we cannot understand the work of Christ, that is his salvation purchased for us through his death on the cross and also through his resurrection as well. And uh, and without the person of Christ, well then, essentially, there there is, uh, there is no church. Uh, then church is just a club. So today we're talking about man's need and So John Stott gets into he actually uh, goes through the the ten each of the ten commandments and I won't go through all ten of them but he basically shows through our violation of the ten commandments just just the ten commandments how we how that shows our need for for Jesus Christ and he begins by helping us to define what sin is. Uh, and first, uh, sin is universal, right? It's it's not confined to just one place or one a particular people, but sin is universal in that you know, sin is everywhere, and sin is in every person. And and one way you can describe sin is uh, is shortcoming. Uh, he says that it represents a lapse, a slip, a blunder. Another picture it another picture it as a as a failure to hit a mark, as when you are throwing a spear at a target. Uh, it's an inward badness, a disposition which falls short of what is good. It is a transgression. It is trespassing a boundary. It is lawlessness. It's a violation of justice. And sin, fundamentally, he says, is the exaltation of self at the expense of God. Sin is 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 a person. Oh, not a person, but uh, a self-made man. Uh, we are all, in a sense, we're all self, self-made individuals who worship the uh, his who worship his creator. <laughs> uh, in other words, we we worship ourselves rather than God, and that is sin. So, walking through some of these commandments. So, the first commandment: "You shall have no other gods before me." Uh, well, yes, we. That's clearly, I, I think, as Christians, we can see how easily we violate that uh, that commandment because we exalt ourselves above above God. We worship ourselves instead of God. We put God second and us first, or even if, even if we do put God second. I mean, in many cases, it's it's way he's way down the bottom, third, fourth, fifth, tenth, hundredth, whatever. Um. The second commandment, right? You shall not make yourself a graven image. So the first commandment concerns the object of our worship, and the second concerns its manner. So the first commandment concerns the object of our worship, and that object of our worship has to be God, and the second commandment deals with the manner of our worship. How we worship God matters. It does. It absolutely matters. Uh, And hence why... Uh, oh my goodness, I can't think of uh, their names. The sons of uh, Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, 
when they offered up uh, what scriptures describe as strange fire to the Lord or, or unauthorized fire. That is, they, they were not worshiping God in the way that he directed and commanded to be worshiped. And so the fire instead consumed them and killed them. Now, we, of course, not should not expect that kind of reaction today. Nevertheless, God does still care how we worship him. And hence why uh, we give so much thought uh, to our Sunday morning service. Hence why uh, I strive to be intentional, intentional and deliberate about how we worship him on Sunday mornings, about the songs that we pick, um, because, because this matters. This matters a great deal. Um, and so it's important that we worship God uh, correctly, that we, have, uh, that we worship him understanding who he is. And then to pick up on another one of the Ten Commandments, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. That's the third commandment. And um, if you're like me, uh, for a long time, I thought oh, this one's actually kind of easy, easy to keep. Do not take the Lord your God, the name of the Lord your God in vain. Um, we might think of this as, you know, not you know, saying the name of God flippantly, like maybe saying, oh, Jesus Christ or, oh, my God. Right. Um we, it, and and so we can keep ourselves from saying saying such statements, and we might consider that as taking the name of the Lord our God in vain. Um, if you think of the the Israelites of the Jews, I mean, they would not even uh, they not they would not even say uh, Yahweh. They would not even say the Lord um, because uh, how could they? Because their understanding was their thought was, well, how can I speak the name of the Holy God through these unclean uh, unclean lips? Um, so if that is the case, if, if this commandment is only dealing with that, then most of us are fine, but it's not just that. The name of God is also, also represents the nature of God. And if you call God your Lord, if you say that Jesus Christ is your Lord, then that means that as your Lord, that you are subject to him. And if you are subject to him, then that also means that you are to do what he commands and he desires, he commands to live a life of obedience unto him and so whenever actually we we disobey the lord we are taking his name in vain and so this this has to do a lot more than just what comes out of our mouths it has to do with our, our, our manner of life it has to do with our obedience and so uh now let's talk about the the consequences of sin and you can summarize these things and in, 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 you could probably put these under three categories. Uh, one of the consequences of sin is that it alienates us from God. Sin separates us from God uh, because God is holy and because we are sinners, well, holiness cannot dwell with what is sinful. And so our sins is what creates this breach between us and God. And... <clears throat> Uh, this is a passage in Isaiah that says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shown that it cannot save, or his ear dull that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you so that he does not hear. It is not that the Lord's arm is so small that he cannot reach out to grab you and save you, but it is our sins that create this breach between us and God. And then... <clears throat> Secondly, 
one of the consequences, the second consequence of sin is that there is then a bondage to self, meaning that we are enslaved. We are enslaved to our sins. Some of you have heard the term, I think, perhaps, um, the term uh, original sin. John Stott says, original sin is the fault and corruption of the nature of every man. And this infection of nature does remain. It is a tendency or bias towards sin and self-centeredness, which we inherit, which is rooted deeply in our human personality and which manifests itself in a thousand ugly ways. We are all corrupted with this original sin or the total depravity of our nature so that we are enslaved to sin. And then lastly, conflict with others is this is a consequence of our sins this conflict with other people right and you don't have to be you don't have to be a christian to see that there is conflict with uh, that there is conflict in the world uh between people uh between nations uh in in the workplace and this is a this is a consequence of sin sin not only separates us from god sin not only makes us totally depraved and enslaved to our sinful passions but it also because of our sinful nature we are then in conflict with other people it doesn't mean that we never have good relationships with people but the general i guess the uh, the generally speaking Right, there is there's conflict. There isn't peace. There isn't world peace. There isn't peace between man and man. But there is there's always been conflict. There is conflict and there will always be conflict because of our sins. He says sin's characteristic is a desire to get. Love's characteristic is the desire to give. So, because of our sinful nature, we are always desiring to get, get and get and get more and more and more, me, me, me. And so, sin, really, it, it, it leeches love out of our hearts because love desires to give and give and give. But our, even our giving only goes so far because of our sinful nature which makes us bent inward and focused on ourselves. Even when we want to give, and even when we do give, many times it's out of selfish motives. So these are the consequences of sin. And I know this is kind of bleak, it's stark, um, kind of a terrible way to end an episode in a podcast, but it's important that we understand man's need uh, because we do not understand our need for Jesus Christ, and we cannot really then then we then we won't understand the work of Christ and be filled with gratitude for the work of Christ so we'll leave it there and we will come back next week and pick up on part 3 of basic christianity <laughs>